You are listening to episode 164 of This is Type 1. Today we're sharing something awesome, a special interview introducing the Diabetes Link, formerly known as the College Diabetes Network. We have CEO Christina Roth with us to share more about the rebrand and what to expect from the Diabetes Link in the future. So Christina, could you give us a quick introduction and background for your diagnosis story? Sure, I'd be happy to. So personally, I was diagnosed when I was 14 years old, and I was very lucky. My mom was a nurse, and she recognized some of the symptoms, and I'd lost a bunch of weight, and I was going to the bathroom all the time, and she's like, oh, it's no way it's diabetes. And then, of course, naturally, it's diabetes. So I was very lucky having her there to to just identify those symptoms. But I was a pretty typical teenager and 14-year-old where I wanted absolutely nothing to do with diabetes and wanted to just sort of ignore it and really just didn't want it to interfere with my life. So it really wasn't for several years that I really had the tools that I needed to really manage it. And that really came with going to college for the first time. And really being open to meeting other people and talking to other people also living with diabetes. And it wasn't really until that time that I was really open to it. I wish I'd been wanting to go to uh, camp as a kid. I wish I could go back and do that. But so that's how I got involved with the College Diabetes Network was when I was in college and I was alone, but thriving and loving life and uh, wanted to see how other people did it. (laughs) And just met amazing, incredible people through CDN and just found that there was an enormous need for many young adults across the country. And so I created the College Diabetes Network as a nonprofit in 2010 and have had the privilege of running it as its CEO uh, since 2013 when I was appointed. So approximately how long have you had type 1 for? It's been almost 20 years. Okay. Wow. That's, that's, wow. That's crazy. (laughs) I've had it for about 10 ish now. And then Colleen, how long have you had diabetes? Uh, As of this episode coming out, it will be 27 years. Wow. Yeah. Definitely have us beat. But I feel like it was one of those things that you can get so burnt out so quickly anyway. I feel like I was less than a year in and was like, I I can't already feel burnt out. This is way too soon. Everybody says I can't be burnt out, but just, just a little bit in and, there's no going back. <laughs> Pretty much. Definitely happens like every final season. I'm like, oh, and I'm diabetic. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> so after 13 years as the College Diabetes Network, what led to the decision to rebrand to the Diabetes Link? Yeah, it was a big decision. <laughs> it was terrifying, to be totally honest. For the past many years, actually, we've heard from Many of our graduates that after having been involved with the College Diabetes Network through their campus years, they go off into their their new jobs and they'll continue to stay involved, but it just wasn't the same for them. And they they didn't necessarily feel like they still belonged. And personally, I hated that because we were still there for them um, and really wanted them to, to leverage our network and leverage all of the supporters across the community. But we also work really closely with the healthcare provider community and particularly those that are using our educational resources. We have our off to college guide, our guide for newly diagnosed young adults and an off to work guide. And what we kept hearing is that these resources were still the only ones available to use with young adults. And the way that they were packaged for those in college or just going through that particular phase of life 
was just very restrictive to the majority of their patients who really needed the information in them, but weren't as open to it because of the way it was packaged. So that's been in the back of our mind for a long time. And then COVID hit. (laughs) So as we were going into our strategic planning around our 10-year anniversary, the whole world changed. So we were really looking at what is the need in the space? What, what should, what gaps should we be filling? But then with COVID, it was where is the world today? And the world's is more inclusive and not everybody can go to college. And there's a lot of systemic inequities that we've all really identified and the need for all of us individually to, to really take it upon ourselves to just begin to address. And so this was the one really critical way that we could demonstrate our values and what's important to us as an organization and just make sure that we could stay true to that. So becoming the diabetes link (laughs) was really all around how can we make sure that the College Diabetes Network and everything that we've built continues to grow and continues to serve young adults and college students across the country, but how can we make sure that we can go deeper and serve more young adults and that what we built is able to really fill the need that exists and not just a piece of it. What, if anything, is changing about the Diabetes Link's mission? It's a great question. Honestly, the way I describe it is we're deepening it. We are all about empowering young adults with diabetes, and that is not going to change some of the specific wording, those are some of the, the little nuances that change every few years. And I would say one of the biggest differences there is that we have very intentionally broadened our language to be young adults with diabetes, not just young adults with type 1 diabetes. And that doesn't mean we're saying we're going to go out there and boil the ocean, but it does say we are there for all young adults, regardless of what their journey entails. And we want to make sure that all young adults know that there is a, a safe place that is created and dedicated to them. And so that's what the Diabetes Link is. We are the link for young adults to the rest of the diabetes community. But we're also the link to each other, to opportunities, to education. That's all curated specifically for this time in life. And so really, really staying true to that. What can longtime supporters of the CDN rely on staying the same through the rebrand to the Diabetes Link? I would say actually the majority of who we are is going to continue to stay the same. Our three major impact areas have always been peer support, education, and leadership development. Those will not change. We will just be continuing to deepen in all of those and just help ensure that each of them is really being more intentionally inclusive to ensure that nobody is feeling excluded and they know that they have a place within them. So yeah, I, I, I want to give you a better answer. We're, we're really just strengthening who we are. <laughs> no, I really like that because... So that actually brings up a different question where with College Diabetes Network, did you ever get people coming to you who didn't have type 1? We did actually. Not all the time, but particularly as we did more work with community colleges and as we did more work with historically Black colleges and universities, and then more work just widely across the campus health space too. And so we had a lot of providers coming to us from health centers that said, I have actually the majority of my students have type 2, 
but we don't know how to help them or support them. And they don't have access to the same resources or education. And there's so much stigma. What do we do? (laughs) And we really didn't have an answer. And in building the whole organization, it took several years before we were in a position to start to sort of take a step back and go, okay, we've built enough. We work with other organizations across the diabetes space who are experts in type 2. We have a lot of young adults that are going into the space. How can we really leverage everything that we have at our disposal so that this community is better supported? So we really haven't been in that position until now. That's actually pretty cool because now you can have you can be in this place where you're not just supporting type 1s, you're supporting type 2s, you're supporting Modi, Lada, like all of the different flavors of diabetes that are out there because there are so many people who are either misdiagnosed as type 2 and they're really like Modi or Lada or type 1 or people who like are diagnosed as type 1 but they're really something else. And so it's kind of hard to stuff all of our diabetics into either a type 1 or a type 2 bucket just because there's so many different flavors now. Absolutely. And I think that's that was always eye-opening to me when we really started creating the, the newly diagnosed young adult guide. And we worked with, I want to say over 20 young adults during the few years that we were putting that together just to start to curate that guide. And what we heard was the vast majority of them were all misdiagnosed. And so most were misdiagnosed as type 2, but then ended up having some Modi or Lada and it was, it's just not all black and white. And I always compare it to nobody's just diagnosed with cancer. You're told what, what kind you have or some more descriptive description. And we just don't get that with diabetes. And I feel like that started to change over the past 10 years. But actually, it's, it's interesting. I don't think I've actually shared this on a podcast. Just in the past few years, my cousin was actually diagnosed. ironically diagnosed on a ski vacation by checking her blood sugar. And ironically, I have type one, my aunt has type one, and we had to fight to get her the test to, to show that it was type one. They just said, oh no, it's type two at really good centers too. And the, the fight for her knowing all the resources and all the education that we have and what she had to go through for that was just mind blowing to me. And then because we caught it early, she didn't have to go on insulin right away. And so her journey was just slightly different. And, and she didn't quite feel that she knew where she fit within the space. And I hated that because I ran the college diabetes network and she was a college student and she just, just diagnosed. So I think the diabetes link really embodies so much of that is we, we are here regardless of the journey. And that just became so much more personal to me in the past few years. That brings us really nicely into the next question, which is, what are some of the most common struggles that you see in young adults with diabetes? Oh, gosh. I would say that so many people feel so alone. I think that that's just a really consistent theme. And whether that's alone in dealing with what they do every day and not knowing how to talk about it or if they can or should talk about it or just feeling like they're not doing enough or not doing it good enough. And I think it's not until we see young adults connect to one another that they realize they're not alone. There's a lot of other people feeling the same way. They're actually doing a really great job, even if it doesn't feel that way, and that it will get better. <laughs> but I I think that also those struggles change. I think that's been 
one of the biggest things over the past being around over the past 13 years as an organization is the struggles of today's young adults are different than the struggles of young adults five years ago or 10 years ago. And so where as an organization, the College Diabetes Network has been in a position to actually change on a regular basis to meet those really unique and changing needs, particularly in COVID and coming out of COVID, I think is really what sets this organization apart as the diabetes link now, because everything we do is entirely focused around what are the needs of today's young adults in today's world. But I'd, I'd love to hear Jesse's thoughts, honestly, around especially today, what, how does that even sound to you? What, what are the big missing pieces in, in what I just said with the biggest struggles for young adults today? Oh my gosh. Well, I personally think I've been really lucky to have the support system that, well, the college diet, like you guys have been able to provide throughout the years. And like Colleen has been able to like help guide. But some of the struggles I would say is like definitely going down the rabbit hole of social media of like, am I doing this right? Am I not doing this? Why does she look, why does she not have scar tissue? Why does, why does he look like he's got six pack abs, but my, I don't have that yet. What nutritional information do I need? There's generally like this, always this kind of like phase every now and then of these really cool fad diets for young adults, or this is how you do this. And like, this is the strict thing you should stay on. And it's just not healthy for most diabetics to do those things. Now that I'm in college and learning about nutritional systems and how food affects what you're doing and like how it affects me playing rugby for MSU and stuff like that. It's really interesting to see that and be able to recognize it and kind of go to the diabetes link, your guys's website and reaffirm that I'm, I'm doing things right. And to have the resources, it's incredible. Like you guys have done such an amazing job and that two college packet that I got from y'all when I went to college literally saved me and my family so much time of calling people and doing this and doing that. And like just going through it, like a checklist, having everything set up. And I was so stressed out when I moved, especially across States. But yeah, no, I would definitely say like the bigger struggles that I've had to experience within the last five-ish years and those younger adult, my young adult years right now is most definitely going to be the social media side of things. And then kind of that self-doubt that kind of comes with the social media a little bit. Yeah. If that makes sense. <laughs> that makes so much sense. Especially, I mean, these days, it's most of life is online. That's yeah. COVID made just that just even more upfront. <laughs> so no, I think that's a really great point. Yeah. And I'll just say that I did not have the College Diabetes Network when I went to college. I did not know y'all existed. And there is still not a chapter on the college that I went to. So See, that's Washington what we State University, <laughs> get your act together. <laughs> so what's coming down the pipeline for the Diabetes Link that our young adult listeners like me or like people even younger can be really excited about? Like, have you guys experienced any like bigger changes or what can we be excited for? Oh, there's so much. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go through each of our, our core areas to hopefully do justice to, to all of the moving pieces that we've been busy with this summer. So around just peer support, connecting with other young adults, our flagship program is the College Diabetes Network. So 
those campus-based chapters will continue to grow, continue to be strengthened. We're actually hiring currently. We just hired a program coordinator who's a former chapter leader herself. And we're uh, in the process of hiring another one right now. I think that's one of my favorite things is even 13 years in getting to hire some of our students right after they graduate. But the that can, that network will continue to grow. But we know that not everything is all in person on campus these days either. And really reinforcing our who we are as the diabetes link, so much of what young adults can connect around is just shared experiences. And so we actually found that Discord became an amazing tool for our chapter leaders and chapter members and our young adults widely across the network. So we've actually set up a whole system is definitely the wrong word, but a whole bunch of threads and chats and ways for young adults within our network, outside of our network to connect and engage with each other and really connect around some of the shared experiences that have nothing to do with college. And I think one specific thing to point out there is we were hearing so much from freshmen or or those that have been in college for a while who just heard about the College Diabetes Network and how they wish they'd heard about it sooner. So we have a pilot going on right now within Discord itself with a group of high school students. And they're actually testing the platform from their perspective of making the transition into college and preparing and, and looking at colleges and how they can use this platform and just the wisdom of our many students that are already in there to help guide them in their journey. So we're excited to be able to really lean into that community and to, to learn from all of our young adults that are in it. Cause we're the same way that we built the network. We're building that discord community with you guys <laughs> and seeing what works as we go. So that's really from that connection side. It's really opening up those peer to peer connections through that Discord platform. And then through our educational resources, we are actually taking all of our existing resources. (laughs) We've dissected them by topic and taken them all apart. And we put them all on a new e-learning platform. So our resource hub is going to be coming out all shiny and new as our digital young adult resource hub, which will have all of our resources but broken down by topic so that regardless of where anyone is in their journey, they can find the information that they need and that's relevant to them. And we've over the past few months, we've been taking specific topics that our next-gen fellows have identified over the past year or so as the most important critical topics for young adults and creating series of videos, series of interviews, just supplemental information to really take all of those guides that have been so amazing the past few years and really bring them up to the next level and get them so that they're fun and engaging on social media because we know that's where everybody lives, as you were saying, Jesse. So really making sure that that platform isn't just there as an educational resource, but it's actually helping. And people are actually looking at the content and finding it fun and funny and engaging. And so that's a lot of what we're going to be working on over the next year in particular. But that will launch right alongside the diabetes link. And then we'll be coming out with more of some of the that new content over the next few months. And then our third area, our leadership development work, we have taken our next-gen fellowship program And we have added a third cohort. 
So if you're not super familiar with our Next Gen Fellowship, we have found over the years that such a large number of young adults want to go into either diabetes in some way as a career or want their career to help other people with diabetes in some way. And so we think that shouldn't be as hard as it is right now. And so we really want to decrease the barriers that any of our young adults face in either pursuing endocrinology, diabetes education, research, marketing, business, legal, <laughs> really any area of a career. And it can all be tied back to diabetes in some way, or at the very least, they can get a leg up in this really, really competitive environment that we have these days. And so our Next Gen Fellowship and our leadership development is really all around giving our young adults the opportunities to serve the rest of the community while really pursuing their career. And we've had a cohort of our fellowship specific to endocrinology and business and, and research, and then a cohort specific to diabetes education. We'll be adding a third cohort specific to advocacy. And we're doing that in collaboration with partners. We are not advocacy experts in and of ourselves, but I have the privilege of serving on a board for within the diabetes advocacy space and really finding ways to connect really passionate, engaged, amazing chapter leaders and young adults from across the country with some incredible advocacy opportunities is something that we're very excited about. So those are just a few snippets, but we have a lot, a lot up our sleeves. <laughs> that is like, I love everything you just said. If you had to say what was the top thing that the entire Diabetes Link team is looking forward to, what would that be? Oh, goodness. I think it depends on on which day you ask us. <laughs> Depending on what's been happening or, or who we've heard from recently, it's just so much fun to to talk about all of the the things coming up. But I would say the launch of the Young Adult Resource Hub, that e-learning platform, it will be so amazing to be able to have that out there because it really takes the resources that you've needed to hold in your hands and look through and be able to use. And it just makes them that much more widely accessible. And it really does meet a need that we've been hearing about for so many years from so many healthcare providers that there's just this enormous population that haven't felt connected at all. And, and so I'm excited to be able to, through the Diabetes Link and through the launching of our resource hub uh, or the relaunching of our resource hub, that they really see where they fit within this organization and within the young adult community. If you had 30 to 60 seconds to give your best advice to a young adult with diabetes, what would you tell them? Oh, God. As you've seen tonight, I, I'm not super concise all the time, and I'm way too excited to be concise. But my best advice is hang in there. <laughs> you're doing a much, much better job than you're giving yourself credit for. And you are doing an amazing, amazing job and it will pay off and just hang in there. <laughs> it's always good to hear, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that we haven't talked about yet that you wanted to mention or bring up? I will probably listen to this podcast and be like, oh, there are these three things that I wish I said in the moment. Can't believe I didn't think of. But no, I just appreciated getting the chance to talk to the two of you and just getting to share more about the diabetes link and just appreciate how excited you all are. And, and just, I can't wait to be able to bring it 
to the rest of the community. And where can listeners connect to the Diabetes Link? Everywhere. <laughs> you can always go to our, our new website, thediabeteslink.org. But we are on every social media outlet, particularly TikTok and Instagram. We have many parents that are actively engaged on our Facebook. So we highly encourage people to send their parents to that Facebook group so that they don't have to worry about their parents. Or if you are a parent, just hop on there. We'd love to talk to you. (laughs) And there's many other parents to talk to. And active on LinkedIn, of course, as well. We have an amazing, amazing board who are are just incredible entrepreneurs and, and healthcare providers and just amazing advocates for young adults with diabetes across the diabetes sector and, and just business in general. And I can't tell you how much they love seeing our young adults on LinkedIn and everything that they're doing and getting to engage with them. And they're not all on TikTok, but they love to get to see and engage them on LinkedIn. But I really anywhere come find us and we'd love to talk to you. Christina, thank you so much for joining us today to announce the diabetes link. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com slash community. I can't wait to see you there.